This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host from Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. I'm back in Lisbon, man. It was a long trip. Last time we uh, podcasted, I was leaving that night. I was in L.A. Now, back to the normal thing. We'll hopefully have a video one unless I say some shit that's so offensive that I have to edit half of it, which might happen. And then it's too hard to edit also in the video. Like, I edit the, the audio, but then I'm not going to go back and I don't even know how to edit the video. So we usually post the video unedited. You'll, you'll catch a couple things that aren't in the audio. But if it's really bad, we, I just don't post it. It's a tell, actually. Whenever there's no video, you know it's something really bad. Was <laughs> Except for actually when you were back in the States, the reasoning was that you were, had to hold this ridiculous microphone. I thought it was hilarious and you should have posted the video, but that was actually the reason why it hasn't been recently. Right. You know, you can see this muzzle that I'm talking into. It actually made the sound better. And I think it was uh, our friend and listener, Slut Diamond, that's all I know him by, suggested that I was over, I was whatever, the... The mic was like blown out because I didn't have this thing. And it, actually, you wonder why mics always have that foam around them. Well, that's why. I, didn't, I never knew that. Now I know. But yeah, I had to hold both things over my face, and it was pretty ridiculous. So even more so than the current setup. Right. What, so you, so you're sitting like in the dark the down there, man? You look like you're sitting in the dark. No, it's normal. Same, same as always. Uh, Nothing has changed whatsoever. It's, it's been like that You look like you're in a prison cell, except for a little bit no. of, of blinds on the window. You look like you're wearing a jumpsuit in a prison cell. I'm very against uh, sunlight, so I try my best to just stay in the dark. Mm-hmm. Very uh, so. So that's I'm glad that I'm achieving that because uh, that is that is very true. So, in all seriousness, how uh, how is it to be back? Are, are you? Um, I mean, you know, sadly the states, or do you feel like you returned home? I mean, I, I'm guessing that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, I feel like I'm home. Like all my stuff is here, and we actually shipped like five big boxes. It's a real pain in the ass. Probably cost us who knows, thousand bucks, eight hundred bucks. They, they weigh them, and they were heavy as hell. Just broke my back carrying that shit in the car and out. Um, so we're getting some more boxes of stuff. My stuff's here. I feel like I'm home. I don't miss the States. This apartment's very nice. We were only in it for a month and a half before we left. And it was like a month. Like We didn't even have a dresser. All, we were in suitcases. So it was only the last two weeks before I left that I was really living my life. And then when I come back and it's all set up for me, it was amazing. So there was that. Uh, we also went to Finland for four or five days. We went to uh, Tallinn, Estonia for a night, which was cool. And uh, it's a crazy commute, you know, going LA to London, to Finland, to Tallinn, back to Finland, and then back to uh, Lisbon. But yeah, it's done. I just want to chill. I want to get in my routine, just do my job and enjoy my life here. And it's been good the first few days. 
Yeah, so today was kind of exciting for us. It was Chloe's first day of kindergarten, so it's pretty early in the summer for school to be starting, but believe me, it couldn't have got here soon enough for, right. for the parents here because, yeah. man, she just wants to do something every day. But So that was exciting. So so kindergarten, it's kind of like real school. It's definitely different than preschool. So that was, uh, you know, we didn't cry or anything, but that was emotional, and that was kind of cool. So so that, that's what we're doing. Yeah, Heather's got Sasha for three more weeks here, and I'm, I guess, helping out because her school doesn't start for three weeks. Let me tell you something, right. man. When you don't have kid storage, which is all school is, school is bullshit mostly, but it is kid storage, right? You got to right. store your kid. You can't have, yeah. especially a six and a half year old, five year old, you know, they'll just be dictating your whole life. If you don't get rid of them and put some people in charge of them, you know, you can't just do your, live your life. I mean, every minute Sasha wants to play chess. So I got to take yeah. off the queen, the rook, you know, I give her, I spot her some stuff, but then I got to go with her. Then she starts taking a long time to move because she's not sure what she wants to do. You know, it's a serious job to uh, so pe- take care people of kids. So people misuse this all the time, but I believe that was a proper humble brag right there. Because you, you were definitely complaining, but you're like, oh, yeah, my daughter, she's really good at chess. You know, she's here I am. Good. I didn't say she's good at chess. Yeah, my daughter probably doesn't <laughs> oh, know. No, no, no. But you're over the Incorrect. So, your your right. read was incorrect. She's not good at chess. Okay. She's not good at all so at chess. She chess. just wants my- to play. She just wants to play. Different. I think my daughter's learned Uno, but in your your yeah. daughter playing chess. Yeah. But okay, checkers so anyway. and chess, just like their just like their yeah. parents. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. But I hear you. So you have three more weeks. So uh, yeah, so that's gonna it, it's 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 tough this summer. But I'm ready for football. What about you? I saw you put out uh, an article talking about uh, your neutral rankings and health neutral and. Um, what opportunity neutral? So that was interesting. You want to want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's not as interesting. Everyone wants to, you know, everyone saw that. You know, I was just on a radio hit, and I go, let's talk about these rankings. I keep talking about them, but they're actually not that interesting. The, the idea is just kind of simple, right? There's four things, and, and if you can think of a fifth, please tell me or tell me on Twitter or comment, whatever. There's four things that determine player value, right? There's skills, skills meaning both physical skills and you know stats that are displayed, like efficiency and vision and whatever's on the stat sheet. There's skills. There's team context, you know, who's blocking for you, who's your quarterback, you know, who's the defense, how many, where do you get the ball normally. There's health, obviously, and there's role. Role meaning, you know, are you the third down guy, do you get the goal line carries, et cetera. Are you the slot receiver? So there's four components to value, right? It's health, skills, team context, and role. Now, the two that are, like, more static are skills, right? The guy, you're not going to get bigger or faster pretty much. I mean, baseball now, that's what's been impossible is guys suddenly throw four mile an hour faster or they, right. you know, they're just tr- transforming daily. But football is like your skills are largely your skills. Your team is largely your team. Obviously, if Devontae Adams loses Aaron Rodgers, it changes. But for the most part, team context and skills are constants. And the things that fluctuate very dramatically on no notice are role and health. So I basically put together some lists, some top 20s. What if everybody played 16 games? What if health were just taken out, eliminated from the equation? How would you rank guys? And then with the opportunity, it was what if role were eliminated? What if, you know, not totally because there's the pass-catching guys, but what if everybody got 100 and, uh, you know, 140 targets? What if everybody got 250 carries? What if every quarterback threw 550 passes? You know, how would you re-rank everybody according to those uh, parameters? And so I, so I made my lists. Yeah, just a couple of things jumped out. Um, I agreed with you that Le'Veon Bell would be number one. I mean, that's obvious, just one st- step up. But, no, but I, I totally agree with you. That it's is not even close, right? If you know that they're playing that 16 games. Yeah, that is a difference to me, is health. I mean, I, I firmly believe in Gurley one, for sure. But with that difference, I firmly believe Bell. So I right. actually did agree right. with you there. 
And uh, Watson, I thought was interesting because I did hear you talk about it briefly on the radio. I have Watson number one now, but to you, you almost made it seem like a no-brainer that that health was the only question to you. I mean, versus Rogers, if, is that kind of how you came across? Yeah, if he's playing sixteen games, if I knew, every, get, I'm not saying get, he's going to beat Rogers, right? Rogers' floor is so high. If he he also gets the sixteen games too, it's not just Watson. Everybody right, gets help. You made it seem like it is a greater than fifty percent chance that Watson would outscore Rogers in, in fantasy if they both played a full season. I would actually disagree with that. I think if you were betting, you know, fifty fifty heads up prop bet, who's going to score more points? We know they're both playing sixteen games. Give me Rogers over Watson. But if you're going to say who's going to set the all-time record for QB points this year, we pay you know ten thousand dollars, and they set the all-time number one. Number two is not good enough. Give me Watson. So you know the average, I think you know not the average, but like the the fiftieth percentile may still go to Rodgers. But I think like given the ceiling of Watson, I would still take him number one if they were both guaranteed sixteen games. Well, that's why I have him even regardless of the health thing. Right. It's, still, it's totally fair. The two that really jumped out as you go over to tight ends is Jordan Reed and I guess Eifert. But um, I mean, that's, that's I mean, those guys are such broken men that like I, you know, oh, yeah, if they were only healthy, you know, maybe they will be, you know, but I just. I I'm coming more and more around on Reed, especially at his cost. And, and maybe he is healthier this year, a little bit more around on him. But uh, those two really jumped up. But uh, any, anything else? And was there any difference when you when you went down to the opportunity neutral rankings? Yeah, there were more guys that you know jumped out. Like Camara was my number one over Bell. If they all got the same amount of work, because Camara is the most efficient both as a receiver and a runner, and he catches right. as many passes as Bell. So, you know, I mean, I guess you know he might yield some goal line carries that Bell won't. So you could, you could make that case. But um, if everyone had the same amount of carries, McCaffrey, I have number six. I don't really believe Ron Rivera. I just think he's enumerate when he says twenty-five to thirty touches a game. But if for some reason McCaffrey got two hundred fifty carries. You know, he's going to get 80 catches. I mean, if everyone's – and not just 250 and then Bell gets 300. I mean, everyone only gets 250. Right. you got to like him in the top six or so, right? I mean, he's going to get the – guys like Devonta Freeman jump up. If he's healthy, he's on the right. Falcons. He's good team, and he catches passes. He gets goal line work. He's good. You know, there are a lot of guys like that. Josh Gordon. You know, the other ones I'd like to notice, you, had, uh, you, you bumped up O.J. Howard. Oh, yeah. And uh, you moved him way high. And, uh, and Juju, you bumped a lot higher too. You know, I was looking through stats recently, and I, I noticed that Juju was received the uh, saw the fewest targets that uh, were 20 yards down the field among all wide receivers that qualified last year. Just such a slot guy. I don't know because we all remember that 97 yarder he caught, you know, in that blown coverage ever on primetime. But I know it surprised me. How many was, how many 40 yard catches did he have last year on 79 targets? I, I don't know how many. Six. And, I think and, and Tyreek Hill led the league with nine on like 115. And, and I'm telling you, he's not targeted at all 20 yards in the air. Right. That's weird, huh? Juju Smith-Schuster is kind of a weird – he's only 6'1", but he's 215. So he, he's really stout and really strong. And he didn't – he has really bad time speed. It was like 4'6-something or 4'5-4'6-something or at the combine. So on paper, he's not fast, but he seems to be running away from people on all these big plays that he makes. Right. And he's strong and stout, and he was, he was like, I think he was 20 last year. He just turned 20. He's 21 this year. He was the youngest player in the NFL. Like, yeah. I kept hearing. So yeah, this guy yeah. came out and dominated. He had 11.6 yards per target. I mean, 10 yeah. is the upper bound. I mean, when you have Brandon Cooks playing with Brady and he gets 9.6, that's kind yeah. of the upper bound pretty much. This guy got 11.6. He was a star. I mean, it, this... I don't know. Yeah, I, I want to get don't even realize they're like by the time they get out of college, like 24 years old. I mean, that's really remarkable right. to be that young in the NFL. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, but apparently he's just dominating the slot and, and he's catching or, or he's recording long receptions while not getting targeted deep. 
right. at all. At age 20 on minimal targets. And you, you know, know so- no one ever talk people talk about opportunities a lot with, with running backs, but what if Antonio Brown went down and you had Juju on your team? That's like, what I mean. That's like number one receiver. That's why you put him to fifth, right? Right. Kind I of, mean, if, if he if everyone had the same amount of targets, now he's gonna regress. I mean, no one's eleven point six. Deshaun Jackson peaked Jordy Nelson with Aaron Rodgers, they'd be in the elevens for a, a year. Where'd you or two. put I, 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 before I look, where'd you put Will Fuller? I didn't I didn't put him on that. I should have put him up there. I I didn't have him. I I forgot. I missed him. I, yeah, thinking up, what if Hopkins left and they just peppered him with a bunch of targets right. and scored like 48 touchdowns? I mean, he, he actually, because I have Marquise Goodwin on the list and obviously Tyreek yeah. Hill. Those guys yeah. are getting 140 targets. Come I on, mean, Fuller. Come on. Yeah, those you're right. Good. Fuller does belong on the list, but it doesn't matter. It's not like anyone's using it as a cheat sheet. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's just a way of thinking about things like, oh, what if? Who could go crazy? I mean, the thing is like Tyreek Hill and Marquise Goodwin's really interesting because Tyreek Hill's not going to get more than 115 targets, 110, I don't think, because. He's just that speed guy that they use to stretch everything and open everything up. They don't feed him the ball. They have Kelsey. They have Watkins. They have Kareem Hunt. But Marquise Goodwin is the same speed. I mean, Terry Kell's like the fastest guy in the league, but Marquise Goodwin's in the top few. And, like, he may get 135 targets, you know, I, at 10, I at 10 per. I read a lot of Niners stuff, you know, as a Niners fan, and there's, like, no question. I, I think some people thought there was going to be a battle between Garcon. Like, that's not even – it didn't even start the battle. It's over already. Right. And all the beat writers, I mean, Goodwin's, like, possibly a star developing in his own right with a star developing right. a quarterback in the best system. I mean, it's kind of – it could be a, a nice little combination. Right. So you want to buy out on our uh, Stoba bet? Yeah, no, I told you I love Goodwin, Robbie him Anderson. And, and Robbie Anderson. Oh, but, you know, my, I'm stuck at third receiver, though. I've got those two guys. Who's my third receiver? That I don't, I don't know your team by heart. I just remember oh, those. Od- Odell Beckham is the other guy. Oh, yeah, he's 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 not a bad third. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's my three. He's my three. Yeah, he's not a bad third. And, I, yeah. and, and who? So, and remember the guy we said would be the most valuable if, if everybody stayed healthy. I, I, uh, oh yeah, yeah, him too. Yes, yeah, for cheap. In there. And then and Fournette is my other guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty All right. Good. Yeah. You sure That's you don't fine. want to just send me 100 bucks now and just call it off? No, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay with my team. But no, no, I do like this exercise. And we all know anyway that it's just filler for your snarky uh, 150 yeah. or whatever you're coming out with soon. It's coming too, out right? probably next week. I was going to do it this week, but I've got about half of them done. Nice. So are you doing any drafts right now? I'm not. I'm, I'm realizing I'm, I, I know obviously, you know, in September a bunch are going to come. But I'm like thinking right now I should do some MFLs or, or something. But I, I haven't. Have you? No, I've done no MFLs, and I'm not that motivated to. I could like sit down. I was talking to Greg. They they offer um a they now offer ones that you can just like sit and draft in a couple hours. You don't have to wait for this email bullshit, which I'd actually prefer. If I had any time, I would just sit there do the draft. Part of the problem is now for those things, I'm really out of sync being well, in I, I, Europe. Yeah, sure. But the other problem is just I've got the I'm doing a, an NFC Classic in September, the fifteen hundred dollar one. I usually, uh, last year I wasn't able to do it remote, but now Greg said I could do it remote, which is great, and I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably do one more beat Chris Liss. So I've got two more big ones coming. I've already done four, and I'm kind of like, you know, we'll do that Yahoo one maybe, but it's not serious anymore. Nobody cares. So like, oh, and I've got the Stake League, Brad's, obviously. Yeah, Brad's. Uh, and Brad's I'll probably do. So, you know, that's enough, man. You know, that's yeah, enough leagues. I hear you. No, I hear you. I'm the same. I was just curious if you were doing more, but so I'm with you. But I am kind of itching to do a few more drafts, though. But what about Burkhead? I, you know, I, it's funny. You just give him a hard time, and I've been on him, and I have him in Stopa. And I just filmed a bunch of video last week. I told you I went to Sunnyvale. And I saw one of those. Was, I saw one of those videos. Embarrassing and, and funny and all that. But uh, so one of them, you know, I, I picked him as my breakout 
and I say all this stuff and then I get home and then Michelle gets hurt afterward. Right. Right. And now it's better right. than if, if Burke had got hurt, but I don't mention that. And now it's just going to be more of an obvious pick and his ADP's moving up. And I, in a way, I honestly don't even like it really, you know, right. in a weird way, because Michelle is, what if he's fine? I mean, yeah, he's going to lose some valuable reps, I guess. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I had Burkhead so high anyway, I seriously bumped him up, I think, one in my rankings. It didn't really affect where I had him. It ruins the whole thing for you, right? It's like, <laughs> they're like, oh, that nutless monkey did the obvious. You know, he's like yeah. the trendy sleeper now. He was a little trendy, but now he's very trendy. Very trendy. And now that he moved, then now that the market has moved up to your ranking, then it doesn't even seem like you're making a call at all. But you were making a call. What are you going to do? Be like, no, no, I, I did it the week before. You know, what are you going to do? Like explain yeah, the video yourself? Hasn't been, yeah, the video hasn't even been released yet still. Right. So that's yeah. the problem. So, Everything's so time sensitive now. And actually, you're right. Like this makes Michelle the better buy, right? Because he's going to be cheaper. Before Burkhead was the better buy. Now it's flipped. It's almost like the injury, it, it, you'd think the obvious, yeah, it's good for Burkhead. Yeah, it's good for Burkhead, but it raises his price too much. And it's almost the opposite of what you think is true. And I wasn't big on Burkhead. I, I, look, I think Burkhead obviously has top 10 running back upside. If he gets 250 carries, and, and he's on that list. He's like 14th, actually, or 16th or something. He'll get you know, 30, 40 catches, and they'll be in the red zone a lot, so it's not bad. But how easily could you see people drafting Burkhead in the sixth round? Let's say Michelle gets a setback, and he's iffy for week one. Now he's going to be scratched for week one. And people are dra- drafting Burkhead in the fifth and sixth round. And then week one, you're like, all right, I'm going to watch Burkhead. He's going to crush you. He's going to be LeGarrette Blunt, whatever. And first series, Jeremy Hill's out there. Whoa, Jeremy Hill just got a six-yard run. Jeremy Hill got an eight-yard run. Oh, Burkhead, he's on special teams? What's he doing on special teams? And then you're like, goal line situation. Jeremy Hill for the touchdown. It could be the first series of week one, and you're like, what the fuck? Okay, I understand what you're saying, but on the flip side, last year, Gillisley scored three touchdowns in week one, and everyone went nuts and wanted to move him up, and that didn't work. So just try not to get overly excited, whoever scores that first Patriot touchdown. There's going to be a lot of pieces to go around. A couple stats that I've come across here. Let me throw at you. Mm-hmm. Do you know that the Patriots had, you could take away 20 touches by their running backs in the red zone last year, and they still would lead the NFL. I mean, that's a lot. You know, I mean, it's, it's, that's advantageous to play for that team. 20 touches. But think about it. That's the number one by far team. And their best running back last year was Deion Lewis, who was very good in the playoffs, and, and he was very valuable. But gone. Right, right. Not only is he gone, but... He wasn't like, you know, a top seven running back. That was their best one, right? Because they spread it around so much. And two, you might have dropped him, you know, in a shallow bench league, in, you know, and, and not even gotten the benefit of that because Gillisley got the three touchdowns early. So it's so unpredictable. And, you know, they drafted a guy in the first round. Now, if Michelle is truly out for the season or something like that, okay, fine. But he's ostensibly coming back, maybe for week one also, who they took in the first round. And then Jeremy Hill is the type of dude that, like, yeah, like he's like LeGarrette Blount was a few years ago. Like, he can easily be the guy who gets 250 carries and 15 touchdowns. Why not? I mean, it's possible. They did re-sign him in the offseason. I mean, I, I get it. He's, like, in his mid-20s, and, and he's never, Burke has never had more than 400 rushing yards. So I am taking a bit and, of a and, leap. And but. Hill was, like, supposedly he was, like, a second-round pick. He was, like, a monster guy, spit, you know, size, good speed for his size. Like, for the Bengals, it was, like, this was, like, a stud. And he and Gio Bernard, that was the future. And then suddenly Jeremy Hill sucked for a year or two. And, but the Patriots picked him up. Yeah, I understand. There's always going to be bodies uh, in every roster, whatever. I mean, yards per it's route. Frank run. Gore. You know, Jeremy Hill's not Frank Gore just sitting there as a carcass. Yeah, he was pretty bad, though, uh, last year. But yards per route run, Burkhead, among running backs, finished second last year. First Camara. It's but a great assist. How many routes did he run, though? I mean, 
Burkhead. Uh, whatever, a, a, a fair amount for a running back. I and mean, they're going to throw it to him even more this year. There's I mean, Edelman. How, how many snaps did Burkhead even get last There's year? There's no Amendola. There's uh, Edelman suspended. Gronk just at this point just plays for the playoffs. He just gets prepared for the postseason. Uh, they lost Brandon Cooks. Michelle's hurt now. I mean, Burkhead, they're going to just dump it off to him. I mean, that's all the Patriots do. I, I just well, think James White's the guy they dump it off to. Well, him too, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in general, I agree with you here because what I'm saying is Burkhead is now going to end up on fewer of my teams because the market is, is definitely going to increase. His, you know, his ADP is going to raise because of this injury, Michelle. So I hear you, but I don't know. I think I think he's now going to be properly valued, basically, is, is what I'm saying. Okay, that's fine. I mean, again, <laughs> uh, again, if Michelle's seriously out and, like, it slows him down so much that he's not a factor this year because, you know, rookies and blocking and all that shit, then, right. uh, then maybe so. I'm just... You know, if he's like a ninth rounder, I'm, I'm in on Burkhead, but he's not. He's going to be like a fifth and sixth rounder, especially if, if Michelle has bad news. All right. Anyone else like are you moving up and down your rankings? Like uh, anyone, the more I look into, you know, like Kenyon Drake, like he looks, you know, really good or something like, is anyone there? You're just tinkering small, small stuff. Yeah, it's tinkering small stuff, stuff I missed. You know, I try to, I try to just stay up on everything. You know, I'm on Twitter. I'm reading the notes on RotoWire. So I just like, oh, Tyler Boyd, they released... LaFell, yeah, I should probably bump him up from like the hundreds to the eighties, you know, just bullshit well, John like Ross. that. John Ross, John Ross, I bumped up a little bit. I already had him as like a possible breakout, so I, I didn't have to bump him up that much. Corey I moved, Coleman, I moved him up because he's going to get more targets. Yeah, for sure. I moved up Antonio Callaway, and then I had yeah. to move him back down because yeah. you know, real man's going to real man, do real man stuff in the preseason. And uh, you were high on, you were high I on was Callaway. high on him. I was high on him. Listen, it's funny because apparently, and we talked about this on the radio today, but. Apparently, Callaway got busted before they signed off on the deal for Coleman. And when Coleman got traded, I immediately thought this is good news for Josh Gordon because, right. oh, they must be confident in Josh Gordon coming back. Otherwise, you're not just going to ditch you know, former first-round pick from two years ago. And then everyone's like, the analysis, no, 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 it's not because of that. It's because they're really impressed with Callaway. But apparently, he'd already been arrested. So Weird. either the word didn't get back to them between the arrest and the trade and plus, especially it's re- he was already in the system, right? So he's really in trouble. So that's I think he's probably in trouble because he's, you know, he's got a lot of knocks against him. So that actually yeah. leads me to another guy I want to ask you about. Who I, I just am, uh, the more I read, I'm like, why do I have? Maybe I have him too low. Is Landry? Like, could he just oh, yeah, be I'm, a boss? I'm, I'm, I need to bump him up even more. I bumped him up already, yeah. but I think he's like minimum Golden Tate now. Minimum, like yeah. Yeah. he's going to get another 95 catches. He's going to be like the alpha dog on the team that demands the ball. If Mayfield yeah. starts, especially. Oh, he's going to be the security blanket. I mean, Jarvis Landry doesn't do anything. He gets like six yards a catch or whatever. You know, it's just going to be easy pitch and catch for him. The only issue is Duke Johnson kind of does a similar thing. So I wonder like how crowded it's going to be in the short area of the field. But yeah, I think, I think if Mayfield plays, even Taylor, if he plays, the offense is going to be pretty good. I think Landry's going to be good. Now, me and you are both like Devontae Parker apologists and don't like to rank nutless monkeys like Landry High and Tate. But so, OK, you're with me, though, because I did. I have you have to move. Yeah, Landry up I, to, I mean, like, you know, I, I wanted to be a skills based guy, size, speed, explosive. And he's really good at what he does, to be clear. Like he is really good. Uh, at that. I don't know. I mean, I kind of think, a nutless I, mean, monkey I think that's valuable, but he is really good at it. I don't think this. He's really good that. at it for fantasy. I don't know if in reality, I, Odell Beckham just wanted to do that. I think he would smoke Landry because he would do all that and they would all Great comparison. Take, you know, one of the greatest receivers of all okay, time. Yeah, yes, Brandon Cooks, good. you know, any, any of these guys could okay. do a better job. Maybe. But Maybe. they might not be as physical as, as Landry, but it is what it is. But it's good for fantasy. And, you know, in the end, like, who gives a shit? Keep your handicapping, your betting, and your rooting separate from your, your fantasy handicapping. And PPR, you know, you, you want shares of Jarvis Landry. I, I've already... I feel like I fought that battle too long, you know, and I was on the losing side of it. Julian Edelman went healthy. Jarvis Landry, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Fuck it. You know, they're terrible, but they're yeah, good at fantasy. Another, 
I'm yeah, not drafting him though. I'm not drafting Fitzgerald. Yeah, I, I have cowered and had to rank him properly, but he said I still know secretly deep down he still ended up on my team. No, but, he's uh, not on my team. Screw that. And I was just, just looking at him early up. third, Fitzgerald early third in PPR. I'm like early third. I mean, you, I'll concede that I was wrong when he's going in like late four last year, right. or the fifth, and you know I'm like, no, I don't want that scrub. Okay, I was wrong. You were right, but come on, third round, forget it. Yeah, I was looking at numbers. Uh, then Andy Barron's in his column wrote about it too. But just looking at the Hall of Fame stuff, and I, I don't even pay attention to historical stuff like you do. But Fitzgerald, what is he like third all time already in receiving yards? Or it's, yards it's, or catches? It's receiving yards, I think. It's, oh, it's yards. Something, it's, it's Rice, uh, Moss, and him or something. Yeah, it's Owens so is right there. I don't, I don't know, man. It's just it's, but, it's, it's, he's a compiler. Yeah, well, he was amazing. Get, I mean, you know, in his peak, when in the Steelers Super Bowl where he took that one to the house and like. He was amazing. He was, he was obviously a Hall of Famer, a great player. But I guess like, like most players in the NFL, even Jerry Rice, like you become a compiler late, and you just, it's just a, a longevity battle. Rice was sick in those Raider years, though, but that, that is true. You know what stat that I, I'd want to find is, um, is uh, Moss's uh, – how many uh, – did you write that back in the day, how many PIs he drew that rookie year? Because that would be a hard one to find. But I don't remember, but it was like 10 40-yard PIs, including – he had – I want to say – he had 17 touchdowns, I think, receiving touchdowns. As the third was, receiver, he, third yeah, receiver as a rookie. His snap count wasn't that high. There were not a lot of three-wide receiver sets back then. Right. And he had, I want to say he had like, no, it's got to be like 14 catches of 40 or more yards when like Tyreek Hill led the league with nine last year. And he drew like 10 big pass. It was something crazy like that. Like it was, his rookie year was one of the sickest seasons of all time at any position. If you added his penalty yards to his receiving yardage, totally just looked like a video yeah. game. He was just such a different level from all these other guys. And yeah. it was funny because the media would say, oh, he's lazy. You know, he doesn't train hard. And it's funny because, like, Marvin Jones trained with Randy Moss, and he's had, like, his two best years of his career, and he broke out. And Bill Belichick's like, this guy's one of the smartest players I've ever coached. And the, the fact that the media is just so fucking stupid. Year after year, Marshawn Lynch was like a criminal, they thought. Now Marshawn Lynch is like the beloved sort of elder statesman guy, commercials, everything. He's like Bartolo Colon now. You know, he's like the guy that everyone loves, the goofy, funny right. guy. I don't know. It's just, it's just so crazy when you, when you look back on like what people were saying about those players. Speaking of Moss back in the day, I told Pete Shanky uh, when I saw him in Vegas, there was a really good Sports Illustrated oral history on that game, that, well, that season really, but that Vikings lost to the, the Falcons at championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, w- I would recommend that. It, it was pretty good. Dennis Green, like, is still, he was just like so depressed in a – there were some good anecdotes, but um, what about baseball? You got anything to talk about there? I mean, I'm just uh, mostly looking at injured uh, long season teams and, and dabbling a little DFS here and there. What about yourself? I'm still in third in the uh, main event, uh, which pays, and oh. it's a long way to second. But Mad Bum finally pitched well, and the bullpen blew. I really needed that win, and they they Giant coughed it up. Um, but you know that was encouraging. I don't know, man. I just yeah, it's a lot of injuries. I got a couple teams hanging on, but. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm going to win anything. You know, you and I are actually battling for okay, the 200 yeah, bucks. Friends yeah, friends and family. Because yeah. fucking my team collapsed. Like, Syndergaard won the DL, and then fucking Severino just has been getting shelled lately. And then I lost all my closers. I lost Kayla, Brandon Morrow. I traded Chapman to get Bumgarner, who hasn't done much. And I had Blake Parker, who I don't know if the Angels have had a safe situation in like two months anyway. So okay. I literally had four closers and now have none. You know, my bats are... Yeah, you guys getting hand, foot, and mouth disease? What's up with that? Two, two New York pitchers came down with that. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know, who knows how they really got it, right? I mean, that's the thing. So baseball's been a real war of attrition. It really I, has. I, I was thinking about this. The best way to play fantasy sports, and football, I think we, we know this, but 
is to like root for bad luck, embrace variance. Th think like, I'm going to finish seventh place no matter how much bad luck I get. Like, I'm going to just crush every move, every week, every waiver period. I'm going to live and die for just finishing one spot ahead of what I should have given all the worst luck that I'm hoping to get. When you start getting depressed about injuries and you, you stop looking and you start being like, ah, this is fucking stupid. Like, it, it really ruins your ability to win. Like, I think yeah. you just have to act like, yeah, I want bad luck. I want the biggest challenge possible. I'm trying, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying just, to win the ugliest league possible. I'm trying to win with the most ragtag bunch and show everybody, I don't give a shit I lost my first five-round picks. I still won the league. No, no, it's, just, yeah, it's even more satisfying the bigger hurdles you have to cross. You know, it's even better. Right. Bring it. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I, yeah. I wish that's, I had taken that's that. That's the way. Yeah. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. It would have been a perfect year for me to adopt that, that, that outlook before this. Yeah, too late, exactly. But, no, but, that's, but that's the attitude you should have in life, right? Because it's so easy to bitch about shit. The problem with um, fantasy, and I think it's, it's getting worse for all of us, is like gambling is so much more accessible and DFS and everything. And like, it's like you're just used to the short-term rush. Like you're, you're in well, I'm desensitized. I, I want to, it's sad. I was so desensitized. Right, right, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, fuck it. You know, my $1,500 team sucks, whatever. Yeah. My $1,500 team sucks. Are you kidding me? I live and die for this shit. This is my life, this team. I, I put so much thought into it. I loved it on draft day. Why am oh. I like a month later like, ah, fuck it. I guess this one didn't care. And you don't even care. You've just moved right. on. It's just like you'll set some token moves. Like, like what has happened to us? Like we're so quick to just be like, eh, I got better things to do. You know, and so it's, At least we acknowledge it, but yeah, it's, it's a bad. tough, it's tough, man. I mean, I, I think the whole industry, everything, it's just like, you know, Twitter and all that shit. I mean, Facebook, nobody even, I don't, who fucking even uses Facebook anymore? I only use Facebook to book a haircut, you know, because my haircutter in Lisbon. So if you officially deleted it? I haven't deleted it because I got to book a haircut every once a month. Oh, that's what you're saying. Sorry. Okay, gotcha. I'm I saying, I was, but like, I, otherwise, it's like, I, I don't update it. I don't, you know, it's yeah. like, this is such a piece of shit. It's such a corrupt, it's like the Philip Morris of modern day companies you know it's like one of those things you're gonna look well, back on and be like this horrible company i can't believe we like we're so addicted to like a quick response a quick rush every time i can check how many people listen to the podcast how many twitter retweets of this how much how many signups we're getting in rotoware how much is my you know dfs going up euro versus the dollar bitcoin versus the dollar i mean i've got the action going all the time we legalized sports betting happens you know hey i got money on this cricket match i got money on this wnba Every single thing, I'm winning, I'm losing, I'm winning, I'm losing. It's like you just want an instant payoff. So it's just so hard to stick with a ninth-place team that has no prospect of paying off and be like, I bet I can get to fifth. I bet I can pass these nutless monkeys and get, get to fifth place. It's just so hard to live like that when we constantly have a new out, a new way to – the whole message is, oh, if your season-long teams aren't doing well, fuck it, just play DFS. Well, I was just going to say that's what I, I'm the one who was arguing this a couple months ago. I'm, I'm guilty of it as anyone. I'm saying, oh, these season-long teams, injuries, uh, screw this. DFS way quicker gratification. I mean, it's shorter term. It's I'm as guilty as anyone. So true. So back to Facebook real quick. And I I, I read some tweet from your guy Michael Krieger. Is that, is that how you say Michael it? Michael Krieger, yeah, the guy I follow. Krieger, yeah. Krieger, yeah. So he he once he said uh, one of them he was talking about. Here's how you delete Facebook. And I thought I thought of you. And another which definitely ties us all together, which I'm going to ask you next is I definitely want your thoughts on Alex Jones. I mean, obviously oh, I'm oh, right. here. You're yeah, you're one of his biggest fans. I know. No. 
<laughs> no, this is the biggest topic right now going no, on. No, I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. Very, I, very I, it's, a very, it's an important question. I agree. It's, I totally agree. It really is. I'm just, it is. So, yeah, the floor just, is yours. I'm just trying sir. to get you to lose your job. The thing is, you try Trump, every week, I know. Every week, I try. No, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I'm on both sides. Like, so I follow Glenn Greenwald, and I love Glenn Greenwald. Like, most important journalist in the world, in my opinion. I don't agree with everything he thinks, but I, I just really just admire the guy. The guy broke the Snowden story. He just always tells the truth. And he's one of those free speech absolutists. And for him, and I, I, I'm very persuaded by this to an extent, where it's sort of like you start to delete Alex Jones. Well, whose choice is that? Who says Alex Jones is not fit for the internet? Oh, the Twitter executives, the Apple executives, the Facebook executives. So those tech guys are now deciding what we can hear and what we can't hear. You know, what if I'm uh, against some other popular thing? What if I have a theory about, you know, nutrition that's not very popular among mainstream medicine? What if they think that my theory, it's not my theory, I'm like, you know, way down the line and coming to this, but thank God I'm ahead of people who are getting sick from it, from not doing it. You know, what if, what if saying, talking about eating, you know, saturated fat and, and avoiding seed oils and eating more butter and eating more meat um, is healthy. What if, what if they deem that that's harmful to the public welfare, that that's totally false and that the science, that the American Medical Association, the American Heart Association disagrees with that and I'm a danger because I'm causing people to eat a different way that the establishment has, has proven with their studies is not healthy. I mean, that's not so far-fetched, right? I mean, if I'm really a danger to people right. spouting these opinions, then they could shut me down too, right? So you have, yeah. you have this fake science being paid for by these corporations and then they're establish what the window of permissible speech is, and then you have these executives, these nutless monkeys like Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos just deciding unilaterally, oh, okay, we're going to get rid of these people. And so it's very dangerous. So that's sort of the, I would say I'm summarizing it. I'm not, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. The Greenwald view, the sort of absolute like, no, as soon as you let tech executives decide what's permissible for speech, then you know, you're really opening this can of worms that basically destroys the freedom of expression on the internet. Now, there's other people arguing, okay, fine, that's mostly true, that's true, but this guy actually like, said that Sandy Hook was a hoax, and people were harassing the parents of these, I mean, I, mean, you can't even, I can't even wrap my head, I don't even, it's the one area I can't really go to as a parent, like I just hope for good luck, knock on wood, and just don't even really go there, but you know, if, if this thing really happened to these people and to be harassed by a fucking bunch of idiots who listen to Alex Jones, I mean, that's beyond the pale. So, you know, he's a really good test case because he's really doing stuff. I mean, I, again, like some of the shit he says about the NSA and spying he's been saying it actually turned out to be true. Most of the shit he says is just totally crazy. And, and some of the results, like people being harassed who lost a kid is just, again, beyond the pale. So, I don't know. I, personally, I would prefer he were not banned. Personally, I would, I would say I would not ban him. I would, I would say, guy's a fucking idiot. If people are dumb enough to um, go along with it, that's on them. That's up to them. It's not up to me to regulate what they're witnessing. Maybe you could get even a more extreme than Alex Jones, and I might go along with banning it, but I would not have banned him. I'll just say that. No, I hear you. My gut instinct was I know it feels kind of wrong and people be upset, but but man, saying that stuff is just so, so, so wrong. Some of the, some of the. So would you ban him if you're? And hold on. Then I read more people that are smarter than me on these topics, and I thought about it more. And I am, uh, if I, if you ask my side, I would say no. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. Right. It's would just not up, up to those fucking assholes to ban him. It's up to people to decide. You know what? I don't want to listen to this bullshit, and just mute, block, 
Don't follow. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I mean, don't listen a, to Alex Jones. I don't know. I just know all the shit secondhand. I have no experience with his videos. You know, I, I just don't, I don't go there. I don't watch it. I'm not interested in watching it. It's not like I'm afraid to watch it. It's just I don't really give a shit. I'm just like, this is just some nut job shit. I'm not interested. But I don't think if other people want to watch it, why shouldn't they be able to watch it? Now, you know, other people shouldn't watch porn. Is that, you know, maybe I decide that porn is pernicious. So other people shouldn't watch it. Oh, look what it's doing to them. You know, it's just, it just, who are we to say what other people should be watching, basically? Yeah, yeah. no, it's very, uh, yeah. No. I wanted to hear your topics, topics on that. It's funny you brought up the, uh, the, the food because I, I literally just came across this this morning. I almost sent it to you, but I will now. Um, some guy was a real man was aging his steaks in butter, like legitimately just butter. He put around his, his 45 day things. So you were talking about how you love cooking with butter. So I, I thought of you real man definitely would age real his steaks in, in straight up butter. But you, you've been making anything crazy, uh, anything different over there lately? Well, I just got here, right? We, yeah, you just got there. We, we were in Finland and Tallinn, and the food was pretty good. It was expensive, though, man. Everything in Northern Europe. Tallinn was not expensive, but Finland was. Everything up there is, is pricey. It's amazing. Yeah, I'll put a photo on the, on the blog post. I mean, on the. I was uh, going to say, I haven't seen any food pics lately, is exactly what I was going to say next. Well, it's not food. There, I didn't take any food pics. There's nothing worth taking a picture of. It was, it was good. It was fresh and it was good food. I love the black currants there, man. They're like super sour and like. The skins are so like almost bitter and astringent, and you eat them, they actually hurt your teeth after a while. They're so bitter and astringent and sour, but they're so good. The flavor is so rich. These black currants and gooseberries and stuff, they're like how, yeah. how berries and fruit should be, you know, before we bread them right. and be super sweet. You can eat as many of those as you want. You can live off of that shit. That and some meat, obviously. Post some pictures of that. I'd like to see that. I don't have any pictures. You no, know, you can Google black currants, what they look like, but these are just much better than the ones. I used to get occasionally at the LA farmer's market. I only have a couple things left for you, but one thing I did want to ask that I caught you just saying this on, on the XM show is uh, tell, tell a story about you losing your hair. Oh, okay. So you can see I got a full head of hair. I got a haircut, but it's, you know, not going bald. But, um, and you know, I'm a vain, I'm a vain man. You know, I pride myself on having a full head of hair. I'm going to be some nutless monkey who loses hair on, you know, age 25. It happens. Can't control it. It's normal. So anyway... I uh, was getting my hair cut, uh, and the woman, and Heather's always like, I think you might be losing some hair, but like, I'm like, that's bullshit. You're just trying to get under my skin. You know, you're just trying to rattle me. So I didn't take it seriously. So I go to my haircut. This is like in November, and she says, you know, you're losing your hair at the top of your head. And I looked, you know, obviously I believe her. She's a professional, and she, she would know, and she has no incentive to like say something to upset me. So I, I guess I must have looked like crestfallen. Like I was like looking in the mirror. I was like, ugh. And then she looked at me, and her English isn't very good. She goes, but don't suicide. And I was thinking, no, I'm not going to suicide, but I don't like this. She's like, you should go to the doctor. And I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm not putting medicine. I'm not putting chemicals on my head. You know, if I'm 47 and I'm going bald, I'm going bald. George Costanza. George Costanza. Yeah, fuck it. If I'm going bald, I'm going bald. I'm a real man goes bald if he's bald. You know, it is what it is. But then, but I did, but I did Google um, you know, alternative, because I'm not going to fucking go to a doctor for that shit. But I, I bought some vitamin B and whatever and some shampoo that's, you know, supposedly organic right. shampoo that helps your hair grow and rosemary oil, shit like that. So I'm using that. And so the next month I'm like, it's growing back. Right. And she's like, Oh no, no, it's, it may even be getting worse next month's growing back. Right Nah, no, nah, it's not growing back. Whatever. So this goes on for like six months. Tells me it's not growing back. Says I, it's a, she goes, it's a pity. She says, right. That I'm, you know, losing this full head of hair and that I'm not willing to do anything about it. So when I go back to LA for the summer, I got my shampoo, whatever. But you know what I think it is, man? I'm, I'm not kidding. I don't know what the reason is, but I'm drinking this. Uh, this is not code for anything. Raw cream at the farmer's market. I would just get a, a pint of that. It's so delicious, man. Super Raw cream. cream. 
Yeah. Oh, it's a superfood. It's like so, I mean, a, a pint of raw cream, you know, no pasteurization, nothing from the farmer's market, from, you know, grass-fed cows. It is the, like, it is like, I can just pound that shit. It's so good. Again, it's such it's like something I, I, I would, uh, I should have pounded right before I trip to Phoenix. <laughs> no, you, you had uh, goat, goat milk. And the difference is milk has lactose, but I think the cream doesn't. It's just pure fat. Oh, that's all okay. the difference then, yes. Right. And so it's, all, it's got tons of vitamin A and D and K, all the special. Anyway, so I drank a lot of that this summer. And I was putting it in my iced coffees. You can't put it in the hot, I mean, you can put it in the hot coffee, but it's going to kill the, all the probiotics and you know, enzymes. Anyway, so I came back and got my hair cut yesterday, and she was like, I just joked. I was like, oh, this is growing back, right? And she's like, it did grow back. And I'm like, no, no shit, really? She, I'm like, are you just messing with me? She's like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, are you serious? She's like, serious. So who the hell knows, man? But I, I just feel like most things like this do not go to the medical system for. Just fucking do it yourself. Figure it out. And you know what? If you're going to go real, bald. Yeah. Real man just, just, doesn't let, just doesn't let themselves go bald, right? Yeah. I just will myself to fucking grow that shit yeah. back. Yeah. I just fucking grow that shit. I control the growth of the hair on my body. Yeah, I now, like I'm not that at that level also, of enlightenment yet. But but I like that she knew that you were crestfallen, but still told you the truth for five six times. So this makes her her other story be it's all more the more credible that it grew back. Yeah, yeah. I mean you can well, look, yeah. man. You know yeah. that's you know this is the light is here. It's not a bald spot. You know? yeah. I have white hairs coming in already. So oh, yeah, look at the beard, man. You know I don't mind. I I like that. You know I just, I just don't want to go bald. You know maybe when I'm like a hundred. Oh man! All right, um, I got a couple recommendations this week. Just two two long reads. Um, actually, one is I don't know if you saw it, but it's pretty popular on the internet this week. But uh, it was a um, a, co- a column about an ex cop who rigged a McDonald's monopoly game for millions of dollars. I heard uh, about that? Highly recommend that read. Really entertaining. And then that led me down this other wormhole. I think it was Scott Barrett on Twitter. I, I follow him. I don't know him. But I follow him. I think he led me to an article on GQ that was like five years ago. That it was the Japanese chef. Uh, maybe everyone knows about this, but Fujimoto. He was the personal chef for Kim Jong Il. Have you heard about this guy? Yeah, I, I didn't know. And he was, he became like uh, he he ended up leaving, so he became like a big source. And he's a guy who lived with Kim Jong Il for ten years. You know, like right. knows all about him and stuff. And now he's free now, and he's just like selling himself for interviews. Uh, anyway, go. It's like five years old. It's a. What, so what's the gist of it? I mean, is, is, did he hate him? Was he the worst person ever? Or did he get along? Oh no, Kim Jong Un summoned him back after he like escaped and he still went back on his own will and Kim Jong-un like praised him and said thank you for being uh, the chef for my father and he let him live and he and he went but there's like crazy little details like do you realize that North Korea has not invented like uh, a phone book yet or they don't have stoplights they haven't invented a stoplight interesting yeah crazy I mean it's really interesting stuff like that because I mean no one knows shit about that nobody knows yeah I mean they don't know anything that's going on there and this guy was the personal chef for like 10 years so I I would recommend uh, recommend that GQ Article, Better Call Saul, uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. The season premiere was this week, so I, I definitely would watch season four of that. And uh, that's pretty much all I got for you. The news today was uh, the Oscars are adding a most popular award, and I figured I definitely want Chris Liss's take on this, because I figured he'd be the per- per- perfect person to ask for your take on that. Oh, most po- What does that even mean? Well, it's like a popular movie award, so the internet hates it, because you know, they're going to be like superhero movies. This what? is uh, tra- tarnishing the legacy of of all the Ben-Hurs of the world, you know, bullshit like that, you know, people takes like that. So, no, they're adding so, so is it like, no, but I, I, I want to understand this, because movies that are popular, like Forrest Gump, win the best picture. Right. Right. And so people are like, come on, man, that shit wasn't better than Pulp Fiction. But that, you know, it was just popular. It was a mainstream movie. You couldn't bring like your 12 year old to, well, you could, but shouldn't, couldn't, certainly couldn't bring your, well, you probably couldn't bring your six year old to Forrest Gump, but you couldn't bring your 12 year old to Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So it was yeah. the most popular, made more money and it, and it wins the Academy Award. It's just sort of, 
Hollywood is really screwed up because the prestige and the money are so tied together that they're, they're giving all these bad movies awards. Not bad movies, but just mediocre movies because they're the most popular. Maybe it's to separate that out. Because the guy who makes the most money is probably like, I'm the biggest success in Hollywood. Why am I not winning Best Picture? And it's sort of like, well, here's your award. Right. And some people say the award is by making all the, the money. But uh, anyway, it's called the Award for Outstanding Popular Film. It means films which are more popular here's with the, the public, thing. less so with critics, will be more likely to win an would Oscar. Any, like Black Panther or something, they're given an example. Would en- does anybody care about that anymore still? Awards in general are so stupid. That, that's uh, why I thought it'd be funny and, to and ask. Movies, and, and the thing is, movies are dead. The only movies worth making are those big blockbusters that can only Hollywood can make, the CGI and all the crazy superhero shit. Because like, I mean, TV is where it's at. So like, why would you? And, you have, and everyone has you know, fifty-five inch, sixty-inch, eighty-inch TVs now with good sound, and you're like sitting in the comfort of your home and you're getting the best TV shows. Even that's been diluted oh. anyway. I mean, oh, I could. You know, totally and so it's like, who gives a shit about movies? And then all those indie movies that were supposed to be good, it's all the same fucking thing. I, I don't even know. I've only seen a few of them, but on airplanes is when I watch them. So it's the same fucking thing. This fucking person and this story and this town and blah, blah, blah. It's just like this fucking small drama about this particular thing. It's just, I don't know, man. Where is it going to go? I want to see. Go ahead. You can't tell a proper story in two hours. I mean, TV just has a, such an inherent advantage and it's well, killing it. It's you, destroying you, it. You know, you know what I like to see on the big screen and the movies I love? I love the Bourne movies. I love that kind of shit. I love yeah. a, a good action movie, even a stupid action movie like Taken 3, Taken 2, whatever. Right. I'll watch yeah. that shit. A good well, revenge flick. More too. Oh, I, want it, I want it more on the silly side there than the in-between. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I want to just uh, – I've been going more – I mean I told you like that Cell Block movie. I've been getting more – I saw another oh, I movie with uh, – yeah, there's this uh, uh, the shot caller movie where this guy gets sent to prison. Another one I just found that's the guy Jamie Lannister is in it from Game of Thrones. Uh, shot caller, it's another one. Right. That and the Cell Block movie. I've been more into those. If I am watching a movie, I have been more into the trash one. So I'm with you. I don't want to fucking go to a big screen and see some fucking English period peace drama. I mean, fuck that. Who the fuck is it? Who, we don't need any more of that fucking shit. Who needs sure. that? You know? Sure. Oh, I did see a movie that I liked. I know it's not that new, but. Uh, the new, the Rocky movie, um, Creed. Okay. Oh, I, I saw that. Movie. That was like well acted. I, I'm like watching that. I, I you, you see all these indie movies and all this fucking overwrought, over, just everybody's like so you know it's so intense the feeling the emotion all this bullshit. Those guys were good actors in that Creed movie. That was real to me. I was watching that. That seemed like a real movie till the yeah, end, which was the last part was ridiculous. And let me tell you something about Creed. It was a great. I really enjoyed it till the end, till the stupid fight at the end. But like the guy, I don't know how much you remember, but the bad guy was this like English guy, yeah. um, pretty Danny something, I not, not pretty, and the dude was flabby, right? So like the be- like so the guy who played uh, Apollo Creed's son uh, was yoked. Michael Jordan, right? Michael B. Jordan, he yeah. was yoked, right? Like he should have been as a boxer, you but know. That fighting. other guy is a boxer though. But he was fucking like flabby. Like, you, I mean, you can't be having the supervillain be fucking flabby. I mean, you know, I'm looking at this shit and it's like so intimidating. The guy was kind of taller than him and, you know, kind right. of lanky, but it's like, okay, here's the big fight. Oh, that guy's going to kill him. He's too badass. And I'm like, yeah, but if I'm just it. looking at these two guys, one of these is totally jacked. The other dude is like flabby. I'm like, of course I'm going to bet on the guy who's yoked. I mean, I know it's more to it than that, but still. Yeah, and I like Creed. I saw it in, in the movie, but I more so brought. I'm sorry, I saw it in, a, in, a, in an airplane. But I more so brought this up ironically because I didn't think you were the person to ask. And yeah, who gives a shit about this? But this is making news. This Oscar thing, and there's a, a now a most uh, a most popular award, which I find kind of funny. And I wanted your take, but I, I didn't expect you to talk about it for five minutes. But yeah. I, I kind of liked it anyway. So all right. So yeah, you're, you're a big Oscar guy. I know awards. I'm I huge. I'm huge on that shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So what about you? Anything else? Any takes uh, politically or anything? Nah, I don't know, man. There's so I just I, it goes in an, in one ear out the other, you know, or in one eye. I don't know what the right metaphor is, but I look at shit on Twitter and I'm just I think about commenting on a lot of shit and I just don't now these days. I'm just like, eh, I can't even. I just can't even. I can't even get involved with this shit. It's so stupid. So. All right. Okay. You're, nothing then. Nothing, nothing to say. Zero. Right. Zero. All right. All right. Well, that's all I got for you right. this week. That's gonna do it. All right, man. Well, good talking to you. I'll, you have, I'll to, post you have to leave a space for your uh, for our sponsor. I forgot. I'll I'll just put it. I always miss the space when I'm editing too. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. And right. then, if you enjoy this pod and you are into fantasy sports, RotoWire.com/pod is a free 10 day trial. You do not need a credit card. I highly recommend you check that out. Also, we have a Slack room. You need to get in that, Dalton. Are you in it? Oh, yeah, no. I did. Yeah, we have, we have a real man wood Slack room. It's going to talk a lot of gambling. So, oh yeah, football. Be just, way more just, active. Yeah. just hit me up on Twitter at Chris underscore list. You have to be a RotoWire subscriber. You can do the RotoWire.com slash pod to get in, and then hit me up on Twitter at Chris underscore list or at Dalton Del Don. He's not going to help you with that Slack room, but you can see the stupid tweets that he posts. Um, you can also rate this podcast on iTunes. There's too much shit now. It's like I can't be telling people 20 different things to do. They're just fucking listening to this, and they're like, "Dude, I'm just listening to a podcast. I don't want to fucking go to eight different sites to just fucking help you out." You know. Give them five homework assignments. Yeah, it's like fucking you, you, you like go to take a flight and they want a survey. You buy something. What's the survey of this product? It's like, fuck you. I paid the money. You want to uh, hire your own people for a fucking survey. Anyway. Yeah, tell them they can stop listening now. Yeah, all right. You can stop listening. All right. All right. Take it Later.